brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that shares your values. More information is available at CharityMobile.com. With the launch of the corporate Great Satan's show, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, an opportunity presents itself to highlight heroes of the Catholic faith who have not been canonized or beatified. These are figures who left a remarkable impact on the Catholic faith and, by extension, on the world. And while most of the heroic figures I plan to cover in the future will not be so well known as J.R.R. Tolkien, they are nonetheless important figures who, by the standards of our world today, would be vilified or exploited because of their faith. Tolkien certainly fits the bill for that, as Amazon has taken his works that are deeply Catholic in tone and content, denied their Catholicity, and turned them into a promoter of the world's false gospel of the moment. That program's producers have made the claim that Tolkien's faith did not influence the Lord of the Rings, a claim that is on its face laughably stupid, as I'll demonstrate here. John Ronald Rule Tolkien was an English writer born in the late 19th century. His father passed away when he was very young. His mother converted to the faith at the turn of the 20th century, causing her family to disown her and cease supporting her and her children, despite their father having passed away. His mother died in 1904, and the children were then left in the care of a priest, something that is unfathomable today in our time when the Catholic priesthood has been so corrupted by the values of the world itself. But Tolkien was taught the faith, and the faith influenced everything he did in life. Tolkien took the faith so seriously that his friendship with C.S. Lewis functionally ended when Lewis would not convert, going so far as to not attend Lewis's funeral because C.S. Lewis died outside the church. That may sound harsh to our soft ears today where we have such an expansive definition of the church, but that is how things used to be done. Such was not controversial among serious Catholics in prior ages. But the faith was everything. Rejecting error was essential. We are often accused of being too harsh on figures within the church who refuse to take heresy or figures outside the church profess their invented ahistorical version of Christ, when in reality the church used to teach a strict version of the dogma that there is no salvation outside the church, or because we take very seriously that our bishops are supposed to be willing to lay their lives down for the faith. That was why the church spread the gospel and evangelized people and corrected error. Tolkien knew this and knew following the church in England of all places would come with a very high price. But is the Lord of the Rings a Catholic story? Yes. Joseph Tuttle really goes deep into this question in an article over at voyagecomics.com. Mr. Tuttle is a Catholic freelance writer on questions of the faith, theology, and other topics. He begins by visiting the famous quote from Tolkien on the faith. You've probably heard this before. Quote, Many who read the works of Tolkien are enamored with the world he created. Many are also quick to point out the Christian and more specifically Catholic symbolism found within. This should not be surprising considering Tolkien was raised a devout Roman Catholic. In a letter to his friend, Father Robert Murray S.J., Tolkien makes it clear that the Lord of the Rings is indeed a Catholic work, quoting Tolkien directly. The Lord of the Rings is, of course, a fundamentally religious and Catholic work unconsciously at first, but consciously in the revision. That is why I've not put in or have cut out practically all references to anything like religion to uh, secret dark practices in the imaginary world. For the religious element is absorbed in the story and, the, and in the symbolism, end quote. 
That famous quote is published in a book on Tolkien's letters, which is used extensively in this article and by extension in this video here to make the point. The very content of the Lord of the Rings and the various other words touching on the Middle Earth, all of his other novels and things, are intrinsically Catholic and English. Catholicism is woven into the foundation and substance of Middle Earth, which was expressly written to be an English myth, a Middle Ages-style English myth. You can no more take Middle Earth without the faith or English culture than you can have Shakespeare without English culture or the strange politics of early Reformation England that deeply influenced Shakespeare's writings. They're all inseparable. Most Catholics defending the Catholicity of Tolkien's work stop at that quote that I featured here already. Mr. Tuttle himself even says that, and it's a mistake to stop there. Quoting Mr. Tuttle again, most Catholic commentators are quick to quote Tolkien's works here. They often forget, however, to quote Tolkien further in his explanation as to why the Lord of the Rings is a, quote, fundamentally religious and Catholic work. Tolkien continues to write, For as a matter of fact, I have consciously planned very little and should be grateful for having been brought up since I was eight in a faith that has nourished me and taught me all the little that I know. And I owe that to my mother who clung to her conversion and died young, largely through the hardships of poverty resulting from it. End quote. The Catholic faith and the consequences of living that faith in a very real lived experience were crucial to the creation of the Lord of the Rings. Go back to Frodo's journey, wrestling with the ring, which represents sin and temptation and other evils, and how Frodo lives with the consequences of a very real decision made first by others, namely his uncle Bilbo bringing the ring home and giving it to him later, and then his own decisions to affirm and keep commitments that he made to dispose of the ring. Really, only a person of faith can understand the religious implications of this decision-making and symbolism in Lord of the Rings, and that's just the most surface level. By the way, on symbolism, funny enough, Tolkien really hates allegory. <laughs> this is where Mr. Tuttle brings in C.S. Lewis. And I'd have skipped this part when quoting him to talk about Tolkien, but it's important here because, as the author says, both Tolkien and Lewis knew that salvation history is the greatest story ever told, and that the Lord of the Rings, Frodo, Aragorn, and Gandalf are all Christ-like figures. He then quotes another letter of Tolkien here to make the point, quote, I myself am convinced by the Petrine claims. Nor looking around the world does there seem to be much doubt which, if Christianity is true, is the true church. The temple of the spirit dying but living, corrupt but holy, self-reforming and re-arising. But for me, that church of which the Pope is the acknowledged head on earth has a chief claim that it is the one that has, and still does, ever defended the blessed sacrament and given it most honor and put it, as Christ plainly intended, in the prime place feed my sheep, was his last charge to St. Peter. And since his words are always first to be understood literally, I suppose them to refer primarily to the bread of life, end quote. And in Lord of the Rings, the Lambus bread is a symbol of the Eucharist. Tolkien's description of the pains the church has experienced in her 2,000-year history, the temple of the spirit dying but living, corrupt but holy, self-reforming and re-arising, are central themes to Tolkien's work. They may be the most important and most attractive themes to The Lord of the Rings, as they are themes that are universally appealing. 
They speak to every person on a fundamental level because they are true about the most important institution on earth, which, despite what most people feel on the matter, every human being desires in their soul to belong to, even if they must be convinced that that desire exists. Mr. Tuttle calls The Lord of the Rings a great tool for evangelization through fiction. Unfortunately, in our time, many American Catholics have taken a very Protestant view, a very evangelical view that Tolkien's work is to be shunned because of the depiction of magic in the story. Folks, that's not a Catholic view. Yes, magic is bad and not to be practiced by the faithful. But the church kept pagan myths alive in print and permitted those stories to be told as myths. Is it evil to tell a story of the myth of Hercules? No, not according to the church. These stories can be used for evangelization purposes, and they pay respect to cultures to keep them alive. And in the case of Tolkien, we admit and are ready to embrace their obviously Catholic themes. As Mr. Tuttle explains by first quoting a letter of Tolkien's on the phrase Tolkien coined called Eucatastrophe, Themes of tragedy and sacrifice and rebirth and triumph are Catholic and resonate with everyone. Quote, I, meaning I coined the word eucatastrophe, the sudden happy turn in a story which pierces you with a joy that brings tears, which I argued it is the highest function of fairy stories to produce. And I concluded by saying that the resurrection was the greatest eucatastrophe possible in the greatest fairy story and produces that essential emotion, Christian joy which produces tears because it is qualitatively so like sorrow, because it comes from those places where joy and sorrow are at one, reconciled as selfishness and altruism are lost in love. That's from one of his uh, letters. Continuing with Mr. Tuttle. For Tolkien, the Paschal mystery is the ideal catastrophe. Christ entered into his passion of Good Friday. He was beaten, scourged, abused, blasphemed, mocked, crucified, and eventually died in the most humiliating and painful way possible. How much sorrow welled up in the heart of Mary and St. John at the foot of the cross. Yet through his passion and death, man has been redeemed. The greatest fairy story ever told is that of Christ. Christ's death, however, is not the end of the story. The end uh, is the great joy and peace brought by his resurrection. Once again, this idea is clearly seen throughout Tolkien's work. Frodo, like Christ, must carry the ring, representing sin, and destroy it. Gandalf must die fighting the Balrog, a symbol of evil, and be resurrected, like Christ battling Satan through his death and resurrection. Aragorn must enter into his kingdom, like Christ, ascending to the Father. End quote. And yes, I'm sure that there are some of you who bristle that Tolkien called the faith the greatest fairy story ever told. He called it that because salvation history, the Gospels, are true. The greatest fairy story is the greatest because it is a true story. To say that the Lord of the Rings isn't a religious story is to be either ignorant or to engage in cultural vandalism and propaganda. Amazon is doing the latter with the Rings of Power, which I highly recommend people actually avoid. Not just because it's bad, as most people who've seen it can attest, but because cultural vandalism of the worst kind. Not that anyone should be really surprised by that if you had been following the pre-production woes for that show, including the world's foremost Tolkien scholar being fired from the production because he kept calling Amazon out on what they were doing to the lore, how they were destroying the source material and turning it into a tool for their weird political program that they have there. 
The nature of the battle the church is in for the heart and soul of the culture leaves no room for anything other than cultural vandalism being done by her enemies or worse. But that's just a given. My suggestion is, again, to avoid that show if you can, and instead focus on Tolkien's books or the previous film adaptations or the books of Tolkien's son who'd kept some of the lore going. All of those things are better and more faithful to the source material than this dreck is. But when you read those novels, if you weren't aware of the Catholic themes before, I hope you are now. But I'm curious what other parts of those stories are obviously Catholic. I'm assuming you've read Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and maybe The Cimmerillion and some of the others. Let me know in the comments, please. As well as if you saw the first episodes of The Rings of Power or The Rings of Prime, as some are calling them, and what you thought of them. My next episode on the Heroes of the Faith series should focus on the life and work of someone a little less famous, of a missionary Jesuit priest of a bygone era that many would find to be problematic today, given the stories out of Canada now. So watch for that. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.